his caddy. That's exactly what it is. Hey, man. I went to school. <laughs> and he has the right glasses for the occasion, too, man. That's awesome. Is it, are, are these the right glasses? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, okay. Those, yeah. Are, those are whiskey glasses. Those are the uh, highly regarded whiskey glasses for no ice. For mm. drinking meat, for sure. Right. Hey. Dude, all this informative shit should uh-huh. be recorded right now. It should be recorded. <laughs> like, what do you know? You probably already recorded. Uh, I'm you? already. Re- <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know that. Also, this is not sponsored by Glencairn. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, but we, we but, love the glasses. But yes. we would really like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, so. what's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Cast Grid Life with Mike and Leo. And we are once again on location. Uh, That's because they kicked us out of our homes. Because <laughs> yeah, we overstayed. We overstayed our presence at our at our homes. But um, here today with us, joining us, um, you want to do the honors of introducing? Well, I appreciate. It. I was waiting for you to stop talking so that I could do that. Okay, man, man. Thank you very much. Tell you what, go ahead, take the floor. So I'm gonna use I'm gonna use my canned uh, my canned word for this moment. Uh-huh. I'm excited. You always excited. I'm always excited. Always. But no, I'm excited, man, because. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for, yeah. you know, I don't know, allowing me to talk you into to doing this or whatever. <laughs> but uh, interesting enough, uh-huh. um, many of the guests that we've had before, either Leo's got a little bit of a backstory with them yep. or I have a bit of a backstory with them. Um, Tim and I are starting to build a backstory and we're, yep. we're going to continue to do that. So you're in the building phase. We're, we're, oh, we we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in the wooing phase right yep. now. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like courting. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, but I honestly don't know Tim like for a long time or all that well. So I'm actually excited about getting a chance to, you know, learn more about somebody that, you know, super cool cat to hang out with. Nice. Well, I'm on that boat too. And from what I could tell so far, I'm already enjoying it. Exactly. So I think it'll be an interesting cast in that you and I, bro, are going to be learning about him kind of together. Yeah, that's so awesome. for once, you and I might actually be on the same page. See what I'm talking about, Tim? <laughs> he just kind of rambles it. on. I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much, bro. Yeah, for, thanks for yeah, joining no us. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. It. So tell me a little bit about, you know, I, 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 we chatted a little bit. We were having a few drams when we talked about I'm sure you uh, were. The, the, the show. Always. Um, but tell me a little bit about when we first talked about it, you had indicated you had listened to a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared a couple of thoughts with you before coming on the show. So before we kind of get into our usual, where we start to learn a little bit more, your backstory and where you came from, yeah. if you don't mind just kind of sharing, you know, why, why, why would you want to be on, uh, on our show? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think it's kind of unique, right? Like this is, this is, you know, my first time being on a podcast and Ooh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. We'll so be gentle. That's awesome. Virgin. We'll, we'll be yeah. gentle. Um, Perfect. But, um, I think it's cool to get, um, typically when you look at podcasts, um, you hear a lot of like celebrities or artists or somebody that comes on, it's really famous, Mm -hmm. but I just think of myself as a regular Joe Schmo, you know, trying to make it in the world kind of thing. And I think that's a good perspective to get. I agree. Um, just from, you know, your average, average dude working a nine to five, you know, house, no kids. Right. Married with a dog kind right. of thing. Right. And just trying to get perspective on that. I yeah. think that, that um, people get lost in the whole, you know, oh, he's a celebrity and, yep. you know, they make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that there's not a lot of people that actually make a lot of money like that. So. Yeah, no. Interestingly enough, uh, we had I had posed this question to you, Mike. Uh, we recently, I, I asked you, um, have you listened to episode one and episode two lately? 
And um, you know, the answer Rick, was no. The answer was no. <laughs> um, I hadn't either. I actually went back and listened to episode one, episode two yesterday. No. All right. And what Tim is saying is actually something that we said on both episodes that we're just two regular old dudes, regular guys. Why you gotta put old in there? Nobody's because <laughs> you're old, bro. All right. By like three months, four months. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> um, we're just regular people, regular guys, and yeah. that you had this idea and thought it would be something beneficial for others, right. you know, and uh, here we are today. So yep. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I, <clears throat> I'm going to make a, a quick comment as I'm sure no one's shocked by um, <laughs> what I really like about what you said is that, you know, first, first thing you pull off of that is he's a humble guy. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And from what little I know about you, I think you're going to have some stories yep. that are going to be pretty cool that are not going to be the regular Joe Schmo stuff. Right. So I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> the second part of that is, um, I think we agree that there is a lot of attention on celebrities and all of that. And you see a lot of reoccurring media in all kinds of different ways on these celebrities. Right. And like how many freaking people are there on the planet, right? Right. There are a lot of really fucking interesting people and they don't necessarily make a shit ton of money exactly. and they don't do it to be celebrities. They exactly. do it because they have a passion yep. for what they do. Yep. So you can see why he's on the show. I see that. You know what What else I also see? What? Which we normally do by this time is we normally talk about the bottle we're going to be drinking. And see? I see that bottle right there. See, this is why you're the boss, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is why you're the boss. So, yeah. Mike, since you brought it, I'll let you introduce because you have a little backstory on it. I, it's not that deep, but um, we've had this bottle on the show before. We have. Um, it was Mar Mary Lisa. Yeah. Shout out to Mary Lisa, mm -hmm. who happens to also be a friend of Tim's as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Tim had never had it before, just like Lisa. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. So I brought Perfect. a little, just yeah. a little bit for <laughs> us to have. That's not, that's not going to be enough, yeah. but I'm telling you right yeah. now. Well, oh, that's okay. I got backup. Yeah. We, right. got, we got backup on backup. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yo, no. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll get, yeah, you should start as, talking about that stuff. As, right as, there. as Mike is pouring here uh, some bookers for us, um, I, yeah, Tim has quite the spread uh, on the counter here. So, there, I see. Ooh, I see a Blanton's and El, Elmer T. Lee, dude. Those are already right off the bat. Centauri. Uh, there's a, some other stuff, but yeah, nice spread, bro. Yep, real nice spread. Pappy in the back. Yeah. The oh, there's the Pappy. Oh yeah, I see it now. Toasted barrel. Bro, you skipped the Pappy. Well, I couldn't see the label from here, but as soon as he said Pappy, I recognized the bottle. I was like, oh yeah, that's a Pappy. <laughs> dude, did you bring up the Hibiki Seventeen? I didn't because I couldn't see the label. But now that you brought okay, it up, you're yes, you're fired because <laughs> you're skipping all the epic bottles. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, not not to be missed. The uh, the Hibiki Seventeen. That's that's pretty cool. And I, it's my understanding. I didn't know this. It's my understanding. It's currently no longer available. No longer available. So the fact that yeah. you still have uh, two fingers worth. Uh, well, I I liked it um, when it was fairly decently priced. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And I bought a couple of them. Nice. Um, so uh, we kept kept a hold of them. Uh, about three of them, and then uh, slowly just started drinking them all. We have, or, or you had people over who drank all of it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. So I do something similar with, um, with you know, I call them gems. You know that mm -hmm. that, I, that I come across, and all of a sudden I'm having a hard time finding. Right, right, and yeah. then I and then I'll, I see it again. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna get two: one to drink now, and one for backup. Right, right. right. So, yep. Yeah, you always gotta go go at least one deep. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. Always, for sure. All oh. right, well let's let's do this, man. Let's I mean, do this. It's too much damn talking. That's Cheers. right. Cheers, you guys. Salute. 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 All right. Let's see what Tim thinks. Mm. 
Okay. I skipped the nose altogether, guys. Sorry. Go ahead and do the full experience, Tim. Whoa. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> that first that first sip will, uh, if you're not expecting you, you it, will take, get you You got to take a light. Yeah. It's got, uh, so. It has <clears throat> presence. It got some juice. Oh, yeah. So. We've we've talked about Booker's before, but just for Tim's own edification, what they do it's it's a Jim Beam bottle, mm-hmm. and they do four batches a year, and each batch has this distinctive colored named uh, tag on it. Okay, right? Yep. And it's 128 proof. Oh, yeah. That's so a big you boy. you want to tread lightly, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it's my favorite bourbon. Really? Because I find that. It has a lot, mm-hmm. but not too much of all the things I like in yep. a bourbon. And that's really good heat. It's got that caramel yep. sweetness in it. I like it. It's got oil and richness. Um, and the finish lingers. It, it does have a lot of heat on the on the back end, but you're still getting those tinges of everything that was in the middle yep. all the way through. So I just think it's a great But you have to tread lightly. Yeah, it's it's really expressive in the heat. Um, right. I get a little, man. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's got some caramel. I think once this opens up a little, mm-hmm. um, it'll be super fantastic. Because I could feel it's got Ooh. some good juice to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, it's, it's. Yeah, it's got a lot. Yeah, it's. And you'll punch get. Punch you in your face. As you, um, as you drink it, as you sip it, you'll start getting used to the heat. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that that first sip catches yeah. you off guard, yeah. especially if you don't know what you're expecting at 128 proof. Yeah, yeah. it's a left hook. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And then the other part that's a problem is that once you do settle into the to the nose and the and the palate, it can get away from you. Oh, really? Because you'll just not notice it as much, right. and you'll start like ease into it, and then you'll do the same volume as mm-hmm. you do with something else, right. mm-hmm. but it doesn't drink the yeah. same way, right? <laughs> But you're 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 home, so go ahead, man. <laughs> you oh, could yeah, just yeah. you could just low crawl back to your <laughs> to your bed. <laughs> oh man! So tell us a little bit about um, you know, we, you touched a little bit about why you wanted to come on the show. So that means that why you wanted to come on the show resonated kind of like who you are, your background, right. and so forth. So a running theme with a lot of our guests and ourselves included is. That uh, early on, um, we had people that inspired us and that affected us. So, you know, I don't need to know about, you know, Huggies or or Pampers necessarily. (laughs) But uh, if you could just kind of share in your own way how you kind of um, started to, let's, let's say it this way, how you started to form your character and how you looked at the world and how you approached the world and and then we'll we'll ease our way into some I'm thinking good stories. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think most of my approach um, started when I was really young. So uh, I was born in the Philippines, um, mm. and uh, my mom met my dad. Mm-hmm. It's actually stepdad. Okay. Um, a, a white man mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. who was in the navy. Uh, they met. They married. Um, and he was really kind of akin to me, um, and, you know, really, I guess, saw like great things. That's Um, awesome, dude. And I didn't know my real dad. I still don't know my real dad, Mm -hmm. my logical dad. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and so my dad um, really taught me from a, a really young age, like four, five years old, maybe even maybe even younger than that, um, what it means to be humble and um, you know just do you know good stuff. Hmm. Right? Um, so when I grew up, I. I grew up in Washington State, mm-hmm. in a really, really small town called Belfair, Washington. Um, oh, so you were out in the woods. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we were, um, we still don't get cell phone coverage oh, where, where I live at. Wow. Or where I used to live at. To still this today. Day, to this day. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Nobody brought in a dish. Uh, we had two of them, actually. We had some, uh, we had some satellites, uh, satellite dishes on top of our um, uh, our, of our garage. Okay. But, um, yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have cable. Cable couldn't, wouldn't, uh, run all the way up to where we lived at. Um, we had satellite dishes. We had very little, um, cell phone coverage. Um, we were still using the modem landline mm. back in then. And it's um, still like that today. And it's still like that today. That's crazy. There, there's, there's something to be said about that though. Right. I mean, it's quiet for me. Very quiet. I, I, I think I would enjoy that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't give if you can't get me on the landline. Leave a message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear that. Yeah. So we 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 lived right on a lake, so most of my time, my best friends was a squirrel, couple of squirrels, um, and most of the time I was hunting, fishing, camping. This is when you're like adolescent. Hmm. Hmm. Gives you a lot of time to think. It does. And it puts your mind in a different perspective, too. Mm. Like, I was one of, like, maybe three Asians in my entire school. How was that? Uh, interesting. Yeah. Very I gotta imagine. Yeah. But... In a good way or a bad way? Um, in a in a moderate way. Okay. Um, so, my dad was fairly well known around the community. Mm. So, he tried to instill those kind of, you know, um, values of being able to not see color mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was a kid, because I was younger, I, I went to elementary school with all those folks. We literally went from elementary school to middle school to high school together. Right. The whole way through. The yeah, whole yeah. way through. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my graduating class was 153 people. Mm-hmm. My whole entire high school was 700 people. Mm. So, um, we knew them and we, my, my dad basically, I knew that, you know, I was a, a different color, mm-hmm. but I, we were all still friends and we were all kind of being able to instill those values that my dad kind of taught me. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a little, I mean, we use this word a lot in the, in the cast with other uh, inter- people who have been on the show. It was like a little village yeah. of people yeah. that they all kind of yeah. knew each other. They knew their families. They knew their situations. Right. And then I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe they rally around each other when they need the support. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, when when I hear you say that kind of stuff, or uh, it makes me think about the village, and you had that quietness mm-hmm. that you were going to be there at. Um, you must have created some really cool connections with these people that you know you don't live in that environment now, that you can really kind of reminisce about and and see the contrast because in you know in a suburb or a city it's it's different, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a different vibe out in the woods. Yeah, um, y- your your neighbors are 
fairly far away. You know, they're not right, like literally night, right next to you. Uh-huh. Um, and um, you've got to, I think the connection is a little bit more meaningful. If, if I would I agree. Say that. No, I would agree with you. Um, because you don't see them often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is pretty unique um, in that type of environment. Yeah. Right. And then and then switching back to a suburb suburban div- uh, environment where it's like you see these people all the time. You're constantly communicating with them. I feel like sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's not it's not 100 percent like. Truth, I guess. I mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I kind of get what you mean, even though I've never experienced it myself uh, as far as you know, my own life. But uh, I had I had the opportunity to visit um, some family uh, friends, family in Idaho. And, you know, they have several acres around and the neighbors look after each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a neighbor that would come and plow plow their driveways right yep. the yep. other neighbor would do this for the other neighbors and like hey i'm going on vacation can you take care of this for me you do yep. that for me and swing by so there's there's a like you said there's something different about the relationship it live uh between neighbors growing up in that kind of environment yeah and like another thing is like we don't we never locked our doors hmm. i yeah. mean it's it's just people would would come in they would see my dad and i sitting at the dining room table, having coffee. He's sketching out something for a new water main or, or building out a lot for a house. Huh. And they just drive on in, say, hey, is the coffee good? And it's, yep, all right. And we'll just sit there and <laughs> shoot the shit. Just drive, up, just drive up. Just drive up. That's, so there's yeah. no, no text messages? No. No, no WeChats? <laughs> no, nothing? Nothing. <laughs> and it was really like, it was... Do you trust people more? Oh, absolutely. Did absolutely. You, do you find that as a handicap when you switched over to the big Sunday? Yeah. Mm. I, I feel like I feel like sometimes you know, I I I want to be able to trust people because I grew up in that environment. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, it's 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 a that life was a, a, a very different life, mm-hmm. very not laid back, but it was very just super trusting with everybody else. So, I mean, I'm hearing there's a lot of formative going on here. I mean, you, you talk about your dad, you talk about the environment that you were in, uh, time to think and whatever. Um, if you don't mind me asking, you, you kind of I can I can tell in your voice and when you're talking the admiration mm-hmm. uh, for your yep. dad. Yep. Um, and it sounds like you weren't the only one in that in, in that environment that had that. Right. <clears throat> Can you share a little bit more about what it was about your dad uh, that uh, created that um, persona? And then I'm assuming the relationships that came out of that. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I mean, a lot of my, my best friends up in Washington would tell you, like, my dad is just, like, genuine, like, compassionate helping supportive he's just i mean he's very disciplined right mm-hmm. 30 years in the navy um but he's also very willing to lend a hand if you need a hand hmm. um, we owned a construction company and um most of our business was um around the, the lake community that we lived on um helping people uh you know 
clear out lots for their houses, um, digging out um, uh, water lines, uh, septic lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad would have all the equipment to do that, and he would Mm. do that. Sometimes, Sometimes the... The folks wouldn't even pay us in money. They would pay us in other things. Like chickens? Yeah. Well, not like chickens, but... <laughs> barter. Barter, barter system, right? Like yeah. a boat or like food or yeah, something like that. I was just being it, an idiot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so weird, right? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's kind of unheard of. Like, yeah, right. out here, you wouldn't think of anybody going like, hey, so, you know, I'll trade you whatever right. for it, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's common. But, yeah, out in the country, it's very common. Very common. And, and I, I think it just, um, it got to the community, um, eventually where he was, you know, the, the main person to go to about pretty much everything Hmm. within the community. He was the water commissioner for that community. Um, so he made sure, you know, he was, um, making sure that everyone was great on utilities. Um, he was speaking up for the community when, um, you know, we would have issues within the community with pothead and drugs and stuff like that um so so much that he when he died in 2010 or passed away in 2010 um Mm. they named the community building after him they built it up literally just right up the hill from where we lived still there today still there today yeah the everett e sears um community building um and so like we even my mom um, was really involved in the community um, and made sure that we we almost acted like our own little village, mm-hmm. right? We would help people plow out the roads. My dad would come in when it snowed really heavy and with his with his uh, front loader and just plow everything Plowing, out, make sure everybody's good. Yep, we would check on each other. Um, if somebody was sick, we we bring them food. And, you know, we'd have potlucks every once in a while. Um, he was very involved in the fire department and the water, the water district there. Jeez, um, man. Just everything about making sure that the community was good, right? That's yeah. a hell of a role model. That that is, um, that is something that not anybody can say. Like my my father, my dad was this person meant this much to this community, to this town, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking, and I'm hearing. I mean, we, we talk so much about character, right? Yeah. And and the whole point of you know cast grit and all of that, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking like you know I appreciate yeah. you when we chatted, uh, and you said I've got some stories, yeah, and I've got some things to say, yeah, um, and I'm hearing them, uh, like you said, Leo, th- you don't really get a chance to meet a whole lot of people that when they talk about all these attributes and all these things that are done, yeah. it's the same person, right. much less your father. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Um, I, I looked up the definition of, of grit before we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Good. Send me a memo. Cause I ain't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's all about perseverance and making sure that you persevere through something, through a, through a goal. Right? right. Yeah. And I think about it now, like thinking about my dad, like I can, I can pretty much say that he is, the epitome of what grit would be. Sounds right? like he's it. not he's not like the person who's looking for fame, right? Right. But he's he's doing putting in the hours, putting in the work, and all he's looking for is to be able to help people out. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? It's it's just very humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and it's also um i don't know it's inspiring just, it's it, yeah definitely yeah. inspiring so, so we haven't even got into your story yet much right as far as your own personal experiences past beyond childhood mm-hmm. but i can already tell that the fact that you're talking about your father and all his characteristics and attributes and and all that that the, you the, the, they made a big impact on who you are today very much and i'm sure we're going to get into that but yeah. that's just yeah. emanating from him as he yeah. talks here yeah yeah it's so cool to hear you know you at where you're at today and like leo saying we're going to get into those stories yeah and you're talking about it in such real time right. about your dad and your yeah. mom and yeah. back in the day back like you day. just got here even though you know i'm not saying it like in the sense like oh you're like new to this environment kind of thing right but that it's so it resonates with you still to this day yeah it's such a like a enormous variable in who you are and what right. you do yep um you know you, you think about the country and all the things that are going on today and you know all this honest on <clears throat> like the government's supposed to do this or your, your municipality's supposed to do this and all that and it's all bullshit in my opinion i'm just gonna say it mm-hmm. because yeah. fundamentally it all starts with what you're talking about them. Yeah. You learned all that when you got out of bed. Yeah. You learned all that before you shut your eyes. Right. And if you didn't, you were reminded and there were very specific <laughs> things that occurred to instill that correct behavior, yeah. that character. Yeah. And you didn't need a municipality to do that. You right. didn't need a school district to do that. You didn't no. need any of those things. They were 100% responsible yeah. for making sure that that took place. And it shows. Yeah. And it shows. Um, oh, I was reminded a lot. Ah, uh, yeah, I can imagine, dude. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't even know if folks even know what a switch is. But, uh, <laughs> I I definitely know what a switch is. People I, can't even do that now. I know what a switch is. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I know switches. I know all sorts of different things. Yep. You get the hand, or you get the belt, or you get right. the switch. Uh, right. Uh, I know and switch, chancla, chinela. Mm. You yep. know, <laughs> they're all the story. same. I got a story about that. Too. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> We're, wait, can't wait to hear it. I want to make one last d- distinction in that everything he's saying, uh-huh. and this is not to take anything away because I'm a stepfather. Mm. Okay. Right. And I've been a stepchild and I don't, I don't have as a stepchild, I do not have your stories. It was a very, very polar different thing. Really? Yeah. So for him to talk about his stepfather mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. Dude, that's so amazing. I right. work I work real hard to try and be a good stepfather. Yeah. You know? And it can sometimes very well, it's a very intimidating job. Right? You know, you don't want to put so much honest on blood, but right. it does it does carry. Yes. Right? Right. So for <clears throat> that man to be that prototypical biological father mm-hmm. to you as a stepfather, I'm sure had a, a little bit of an impact, right? Like right. this guy's doing this, even though I'm not necessarily blood. Right. And he's treating me like I'm blood and more or whatever. Right. When I, when I first found out that I wasn't his, so it was weird. Like yeah. I didn't know until probably about 12 that I was um, adopted or, mm. you know, had a stepfather. Hmm. I kind of had a hint, right? I wasn't like clueless, right. but I was like, I feel like either I'm like, uh, like he's not my dad or maybe I'm a robot or <laughs> like something else. Like something's off. Something's right? off. In, in your, in your, tw- in, you know, 
twelve year old mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 then my mom had um, told me that uh, my real dad had wanted to reach out to me, and I was like, wait, wait. Mm. I thought he's my real dad. Um, and it really, it honestly never really like hit me to a point where I really wanted to know my real dad, mm-hmm. which is kind of shitty to say, but no, like, I don't, I don't think it's shitty to say, <clears throat> not at all, but it's like, it's like, I'm good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even there's no the, gaps. Right. Even though like I was very much reminded, um, in, uh, things that uh, I would do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay with where everything was at, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, it just it just makes you think when, like to me, I've always brought up the idea, like I want to be able to adopt somebody. Wow. Because I feel like there are plenty of children out there that yeah, a need a, a father, yeah. right? Um, that... Um, may not have the opportunity to have that. Right. And I think that, you know, I could definitely help instill values, um, being that, being that father for them, which is weird. Kind of, kind of interesting. Damn, man. I gotta be a better person. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not weird because, um, you know, you're right. There are plenty of children in the world that, have been dealt a bad hand yeah. and uh, no fault of their own mm-hmm. that could use somebody like yourself to, you know, raise them and, and, and you know, bring them into a world with good, you know, with good uh, morals and values um, that, you know, frankly, him and I, Mike and I have talked many times before are lacking in the world today. Right. Right. So yeah. we definitely could use a lot more people like yourself um, that, um, you know, to be mentors. And I kind of had an epiphany today. Um, you know, we've talked about in the past, Mike, and uh, that, you know, we're, you know, I'm in a different chapter in my life. We're looking for things to do. What am right. I going to do? Right. We want to give back. And initially I was thinking, you know, maybe, you know, financially helping people out or whatever. But then it dawned on me because I was I was walking by construction areas and, and uh, uh, home buildings and I was seeing all these workers and, you know, it's they're just hard laborers, you know, mm-hmm. immigrants just trying to, you know, make ends meet, you could tell. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Are they not so much different than me? Than where I came from. And wouldn't it be cool that, because I have no interest, at this point in my life, I have no interest in adopting unless it happened for some reason. But I said, wouldn't it be cool if I could be a mentor to these guys? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> right? As yeah. opposed to adopting somebody, a child, adopting an adult right. and saying like, hey, I I came from where you're, where you're at. Right. And the, this is the path that, what, what are your goals? This is the path you can take to your goals. Mm-hmm. You need some help. I will help you. Right. So that was kind of my thing today. I was like, Oh, maybe I could be a mentor. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, absolutely. That, that's what you think about on your free time. That's what you I came think about. Up with that? That's what I think about when I go for a jog or walk my dog. Damn. Y'all, <laughs> y'all making me self-conscious because my epiphany today was that I needed to get a little bit more vanilla in my latte. Mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, we all have our yeah. We all know. have our priorities, right? Yeah. Yep. No, I, it's it's really cool to hear what you're saying, and, yeah. and you know, and that what you were thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not everybody's, you know. No, I mean, I have a lot of kids. I have a lot of kids. I'm very blessed that way. I, I that's not in my 
in my wheelhouse right. to do, right? Right. Um, but as you said, Tim, there's so many children out there, so many kids that need that. And yeah. not only kids that need to be adopted, but kids that have parents, but it's just not going the right way. Yeah. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Who are just not the role model that you had. Right. Um, like, I know that I could, if it was my own blood, it would be, I, I would be able to um, mentor them in, in the right. way. But, like, I mean, there's children out there that are struggling. Yep. That need a mentor. Yeah. Um, Someone with patience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take a lot of patience. Like, I, I came from a third world country. Like, I've been, it's not yeah. like, you yeah. know. Yeah, you, you've seen different sides of what the world is like. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, so I'm going to jump a little because we, like Leo said, we've got a really good kind of like (laughs) strong foundation, Uh foundational understanding of, you know, what you had to work with, which, you know, kudos to your dad and lucky you. Um, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about what you've done with that. Right. Mm. Um, cause there's a certain point where, you know, and, and, Leo and I talk about our kids all the time and, and, you know, you're going through different stages, right? You have that stage where you're raising your children, you're, you're in high levels of control and you're dictating certain characteristics that through continuous repetition, you're hoping gets instilled and it sticks when you're not around. And then you transition to a point when they're older, you know, and then they're making those decisions on their own and you can impart your continued position but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do it the way you said right right so there was a moment despite everything you've said about your dad and your mom um where you started how to kind of take the bull by the reins yourself right and do your thing tell us a little bit about what that was like i mean did you feel okay so i kind of went through boot camp Mm -hmm. i know what i'm supposed to do i know what my tools are I know what, you know, when I'm supposed to get up, all that stuff. You guys are former military and I'm not, so I don't know why I'm giving that story. (laughs) But you had to make a decision of what, you know, risks you were going to take, what things you were going to do. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I did nine years in the Navy as an operations specialist. I, I, I left as an E5. And I think that the perseverance or the grit, um, that I was instilled at an early age kind of helped me um, ground myself um, into where I wanted to go, right? Mm-hmm. I, I knew that, I knew in a short span that I wasn't going to, I, I may not be um, suitable to be in the Navy for long term, mm-hmm. right? Retire there. All right. Um, but I knew that there were certain achievements that I wanted to maintain or or get um, when I uh, by the time I was getting ready to get out. Do you mind if I ask if then your your decision to go to the Navy was strongly influenced by the fact that your dad did? Oh, or absolutely. You, like to honor him, or you felt that you looked at the Navy as a a part of obviously after thirty years of who he was, and then you wanted you wanted some of that. I think it was a little bit of both. Um, he was actually the uh, highest ranking officer that swore me in when I was at MEPS. Um, I don't know what MEPS is. So MEPS is the Military Interest Entrance Processing Center. Right. It's it's the uh, basically the application process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, center. Okay. 
for all military. Okay. All uh, branch. All branches. Okay. Um, they do all your backgrounds. They process your application the whole bit. And then they decide whether you're accepted or not. And then they swear you in at that point when, yeah. you, when you're accepted. Yeah. And he was highest ranking. He was highest ranking. He was actually the one that swore me in. Wow, dude. How cool is that? Uh, at, at MEPS. Wow. Wow. Um, so it was, it, it was a little bit of curiosity also, right? Mm-hmm. Like how could, cool. could a man like my dad, right, have that much perseverance, grit. Clout. Clout. Yeah. Um, humbleness. That too. That, like just from the military, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can see where that would make you curious. I was, I was always kind of curious and saying like, okay, you know. Um, if I join the military, there's always, there's also some good benefits, right? Of oh, yeah. doing that. Oh, you sure. got to look at that aspect too. Um, and, uh, one honor my dad, make him proud. He started off as enlisted as well. Mm. Um, and then he eventually went officer. Sure. More. Sure. Um, we're almost finished with that bottle. Yeah, too. we are. <laughs> I, I have another one. <laughs> 40 minutes in and we're already almost finished with that one. Is it 40 minutes? In, yeah. 40 minutes? In, okay. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why <laughs> you always got to bring up the clock, man? <laughs> always the clock. Um, no, but uh, I think that I would say probably 90% of my decision was based off of um, just trying to understand things. Also, you know, I was I was from a really small country town. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go out and see the world. Yeah. And um, that's a good way to do it. And the military offers you that. The military offered me that. Yeah. yeah. So that um, is being a stewardess. At a low cost. <laughs> so that is being a stewardess. <laughs> you got yelled at for three months and then you then that was the cost. That was the cost, exactly. Um but no, I think I think um I think I started to transition away from um, my my dad's own thoughts into my own thoughts mm. um, when I got into the military. Okay. Um, it started being being asked to make decisions on my own, hmm. um, and that was when I I started thinking like, oh, okay, like this is cool. Like this yeah. is like people are asking me for my opinion on things, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. 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 Um, excuse me for interrupting, but at what age did you join? I joined when I was 19. Um, so I uh, graduated in 98. Um, then I took a year of college. Mm-hmm. Um and then just made the decision to go. Yeah. Um, and I was like, like, you know what? Like, it can't be that bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to go to the Gulf and, you know, all of these other things. But uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. No. But it taught me a lot. And I, th- I, I truly believe, I truly believe that if there are people out there that are lost, that need direction, I think that the military is a very great way to gain perspective and direction into things. And I'm not trying to like, you know, give advertisement to the to the to the military, but I, I truly believe that it has taught me, in addition to, you know, my dad, it has taught me 
um, bearing and respect and courtesy, um, which is something you can't pay for. Mm-hmm. You can't buy that. Mm-hmm. No, you earn that. Yeah, you earn that. Yeah, yeah. It, it it'll definitely teach you some things. Um, as you probably have seen, it's not for everybody. It is not. For and everybody. you're gonna find out once you're in whether it's for you or not. <laughs> Too the, late. Oh yeah. The easy way or the hard way, you will oh, find yeah. out. Oh yeah. But even in those experiences, you learn a lot. Yeah. I didn't really have a hard transition. I I don't think. Because you mean from civilian to military, yeah, right? Okay. Because because my dad was prior Navy, right. mm-hmm. yeah. So it was, wasn't like, foreign, right? So I was calling him sir, yeah. right? Like it was it was it wasn't one hundred percent foreign. So it was a really easy transition for me to go from, I think, or an easier transition for me to go from civilian to military or Navy. Um. But I do think that it gives you some bearing. I do think that it gives you some some structure to follow, right? And it may not be for everybody. Yeah. But I think the life lessons um, coming out of the military, I would not, you know, I take them all day. So you get in there. Mm-hmm. You got all these attributes that your dad has instilled in you. You're curious. I like that word. Right. You're curious. So you were like, how much of what I knew about him did they help him get? Right. And how much, how much of it was already there? Right. 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 And that's probably an interesting experience. Right. Um, and then you start to, like you said, find your own way and not have to ask for direction. Right. You're more or less taking the tools that were given to you. And then you're kind of presented with a, an option. Right. And then you got to decide which way to go. Right? right. And then you found your way. Let's, let's jump to that where you find your way. What was it that, because, and I'm jumping a little bit here because I know a little bit about what you do now. What started you on that path? What was the the curiosity that you said? Because I think you made a statement that you started to figure out what you wanted to do. What what do you think that drew you to that? Because you're coming from, you know, chopping wood, hunting squirrel, mm-hmm. you know. Playing, no, my, playing. Squirrel was my best friend. Oh, okay. You're, sorry, you didn't hunt Squirrel. You just kind of hung gonna out kill with his best friend, dude. Yeah. Come hey, on now. Hey, <laughs> it's happened before. It's happened uh, before. Actually, in Special Ops, I heard you kind of got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't they? In Special Ops, they have yeah. to like raise a dog or something, and then they got to like. He can't. He can't. He can't admit or deny that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta be. You gotta be able to set some traps, make some food for yourself. There you go. You okay. gotta know how to eat. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. another story too. Yeah, that's Boy, a, that's another Boy one. Is, <laughs> We're getting there. So, <laughs> you start finding your way. Right. Now you're in here. You you got your curiosity peaked. What took you on the path of um, you know, what you chose to do in there and then, you know, as it leads you outside and back into the private sector. Yeah. So, for me, um, so when I started off um or actually like mid mid-career I was an operator for the global command and control system. So I'm not like. So explain to like a layman what that means. Yeah. So, so a lot of people would say like, okay, he's an operator. No, I'm not, a, not a special forces operator. Um, I was an operator of the global command and control system. So it's a command and control system that tracks um, units throughout uh, the environment. Gotcha. Um, so it was a tactical way to understand where units are where you could be able to 
position things or um, just find out everyday kind of um, information about uh, foreign traffic or things like that that were coming in that were in your way mm. when you needed to navigate. Mm. Um, and and I got really, really interested in that um, in that system where when I transitioned out, I became a engineer to understand the system more. Oh, oh. so I've al- I've always wanted. So my my career, this career that I've had now um, for the past 19 ish years, something like that. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing big, <laughs> nothing big, man. Um, but it's always been around understanding one major principle, which is command and control systems, right? Hmm. So it's, it's, it's being able to get perspective from multiple functional areas of the command and control system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could make a better decision. And what I mean by functional areas, I'm talking about from the operator's perspective, mm-hmm. from the engineering perspective, mm-hmm. from the program office perspective, the funding perspective, um, the client and user experience perspective. Like these are the things that make up um, a holistic um, view of how to create, develop, um, and execute a um, a vision for a command and control system. Huh. Like you need to be able to understand it from all of these different business aspects mm-hmm. to be like, m- that's, that's my mentality mm-hmm. is you need to be able to understand it from all these different business aspects to be able to really understand and cultivate and develop um, a system that works, right? That re- creates buy-in from all of these areas Versus, you know, I just needed to do this. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, do you find that? So what I'm hearing is, you know, it's like I'm always going back to math. So it's kind of this equation, right? And then equations are built out of variables, and the variables have values. Do you find that you're constantly searching for that algorithm? Of what's ideal, or you feel that the algorithm is kind of already in place, and you're more or less like big data, looking at all the the attributes coming into that formula to best position decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm. So lately, I've been using, I've been thinking about a lot of data um, and analytics into those decision making uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, there's always going to be the need for uh, the human intervention, mm. right? There's always going to be the emotional connection from a human that makes the decision versus just a, a decision based on data. Well, that's an interesting perspective. You don't think that the emotion muddies it? I think that it does muddy it, but it also creates a... Um, an issue in it right because there are there will be times when you create data analytics that doesn't take in the account of the emotional the, connection the, the human connection the human interaction part right. of it, the human 
So and, and it's important so because obviously you see data that we'll never see. Right. So, and be careful not to say anything because I don't want, you know, all of a sudden people start coming through the windows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go after Mike. He's the one that asked the question. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a victim here. I know where I he be, lives. I'm, I'm, the only, know. I'm the only civilian, like all time civilian. Um, you, you must have saw the thing on my uh, wall over Yeah, there. I did. I did. That's why I'm like looking over my shoulder like every five seconds. Um, so, so you think that that human emotion becomes a really big variable in the equation because it, it helps a lot to understand what works best with the like deployed operators decide to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that there's a difference between um, taking things from a math perspective and yeah. taking things from a human, human emotional perspective connection perspective you, you're making leo happy right now yes you are thank you very much <laughs> he saw the smile out of the corner of his I mean, eye <laughs> I, I believe in math too yes I mean, obviously in, in statistics and making sure that yes. everything is great but this is about to get interesting but <laughs> it's already interesting in command and control you've got a little bit of different perspective because you've you've got not perspective you've got a little bit of a wrench into the operation because of the emotional connection so how many movies have we all saw or seen that, you know, military based and you got the guys on the ground calling in something or asking for permission for something mm -hmm. and you got command center is like, no, we got to do this. Mm -hmm. No, but you don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. This is what we got here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nope. The data or they're, they're telling us that we got to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so, you know, there's a story beyond, be, around that. Right? right. That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting, you know, what I'm what I'm feeling and picturing in my mind as you're saying that. Yeah. Um, in addition to that. Uh, having personally experienced the deployment of software packages and updates at a from corporate or from headquarters mm -hmm. and and it gets to the user end mm -hmm. and there's all these bugs in it and all these things that you're calling back and saying hey this is not working blah blah, blah. oh we didn't think of that oh we didn't think of that mm -hmm. right. it makes me super happy to find out that there is something in the world that actually a person like yourself is uh, taking all those aspects into consideration because right. that's what makes a good product. Right. And I think that that is key to, um, to selling a good product. You've got to make a good product. Absolutely. And it's not just from a business perspective, not just making money. But it's also the, the user buy-in as well. Does that product have the intuitiveness that the person would be able to use it um, very quickly, very efficiently? And when it comes to, to DOD systems, sometimes it's not necessarily true, mm -hmm. right? It's clunky, it's old, it's archaic, um, and, you know, that's... I wanted to be able to understand it from all perspectives mm -hmm. so I could come up with a reasonable execution on the product, right? right. Not just putting it from a business process perspective, mm -hmm. not just putting it from a user perspective, right? I've got to take in all of that information, process that in my brain, and then come up with something that's holistic, right? Yeah. That meets everyone's need mm -hmm. and you might not be able to meet everyone's need right right, right then and there right. correct correct but you could also you know iterative iteratively uh -huh. um create the product 
to where it does meet that person or meet those objectives. Do mm-hmm. you guys use like um, like an agile scrum protocol for your software? Um, we do. Uh, we've been transitioning from a lot to an agile scrum uh, methodology, but it's, it's really hard to do that. And I, I say this truthfully. Um, well, in your space, it would be pretty hard. Yeah. It, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's realistically, it's the way that the, um, and, and the department of defense has actually taken this on a little bit better. Um, the way that we, um, perceive contracts, mm-hmm. Um, where there are set deliverables, set milestones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that create that automatically creates that waterfall methodology. Mm-hmm. So you can't iteratively um, make software or develop software using the Agile methodology um, because you have those hard dates, those hard set. I get it. Set milestones. Yeah, I get it. So yeah. to all our listeners out there, I'm just as lost as you guys are because I don't know what an ag- <laughs> ag- agile scrum it's, is it, and it's okay. It's okay, guys. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to give you a quick one. <laughs> so you had a very valid point uh-huh. um, speaking to what Tim um, raised, mm-hmm. which was the emotional aspect, which is basically the human, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you talked about, you know, corporate or headquarters yeah. sends down the package right. that was built in a bubble, right. right? Right. And really what it breaks down to is optics. Okay, yeah. so because the optics of the operator or the customer, mm-hmm. headquarters and all of them usually don't know because the guys who are building the product are programmers. Right. They think about the code. They think about mm-hmm. the widgets and all those other things like that. So in a Scrum environment, the reason they came up with this this, this uh, protocol mm-hmm. is that you start with the customer mm-hmm. and you, you, you collect as many data points as you can of like, mm-hmm. I like it green. I like it red at night because it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. All of those things. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of aggregate it all. And then you work, instead of starting with the code and work out, you work with the customer and work backwards in right. there. But in his environment, to Tim's point, yeah, uh, which um, obviously he knows better than you and I do, it's very difficult to execute something that's so kind of, um, sub- so unbelievably subjective right. yeah. in a controlled, like, like military right. environment. Fun and, fact. Fun fact. Okay. I uh, I went to Kaiser uh, four years ago. Okay. Three years ago. I was the youngest person uh, to have a cataract. Really? Get in surgery. Here. Mm-hmm. Really? Ever? In, in right, Kaiser's right profiles? Uh, well, day of surgery. But oh. I'm, 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 I'm assuming hopefully wow. uh, in Kaiser's profiles. But um, yeah. I was... Uh, you good? No, no. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 emotionally demeaning <laughs> to me, right? <laughs> yeah, I can see how that <laughs> because is. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm the youngest person to have a cataract. Yeah. Uh, oh my but gosh. Yeah, no, I'm good now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, with my corrective glasses, thank you. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, don't feel bad about the corrective glass glasses because we're all gonna. I we I have them. We're all gonna be there. Oh. Yeah, I gotta wear I gotta wear readers. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, 40, 42 yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Congratulations. Um, Happy was, birthday, brother. Uh, yeah, thank you. That'd thank you. Cool. I appreciate it. Well, we're going to celebrate later, so it's oh, all yeah, good. We, we definitely yeah. celebrate later. Um, 42 was, uh, it was, a, it was an awakening of, man, I'm old. 
Like, yeah, you, you can't say that shit with you know, the two of us sitting across the table well, from you, man. <laughs> I can sympathize with with you because it didn't hit me at 40. Right. It didn't hit me at 41. It is. Mm-hmm. It was at about 42, 43 when it mm-hmm. hit me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel it now. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it yeah. was 60 for me, bro. 60? Get out of here. That's when, I, that's when I felt it. That's when you're going to feel it. He's I, like predicting the future. I, I, feel, I felt it in my bones <laughs> at up. 60, bro. I, I had... I had an emotional processing uh, thing. Oh, did did uh, you have a Did you have a freaking middle life? I did. Uh, well, kind of, sort kind of. Okay. So, um, so a couple of days ago, I was wearing. Uh, I have a back brace okay. for when I when I lift heavy weights. Copy. Okay. And uh, I was in my wife's office, and I was kneeling down. Um, because I wanted to stretch before my workout. Okay. And I could hear this crunching sound. And I literally thought that it was my bones. <laughs> that it was the Velcro in my brace. <laughs> and I I had Oh shit, that's funny. <laughs> the the most awful time oh getting back up. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Because dude. it was just this <laughs> You're like, no, wait, <gasps> oh, so, dude, like, all, all that training and all it yeah. took was a Velcro on a belt, dude. And you were just going to lose it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was bad. It, we've was all so had those moments, bad. man. Right now, if, if I'm on my knees or I have my knees bent mm-hmm. too long, yeah. when I try to go back up, I need help. I, I have to oh. help myself up. I, 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 have, I, I, have a, I have a time limit. I haven't figured it out yet because I haven't tested it. Seriously? Yeah. But I know that if if I have my knees bent too long, like if I go down to a full squat with my butt, you know, touching my ankles, mm-hmm. and I'm in that position for too long, I I need a little assistance getting back up. Where is the time <laughs> gone, man? Like literally, like it's just oh, been dude, like it flies, bro. It flies. It f- flies. I almost got ten years on you, brother. I'm telling you, it goes quick. It goes real quick. I don't even want to hear that. No, oh, yeah. dude. It was <laughs> super quick. You know what though? For me, that's why you got to enjoy the moment. Yeah. Enjoy every moment that's right. absolutely. That's that's, right. that's for sure. That goes out to everybody. All you guys out there is Well, not everybody. Some people Enjoy the moment. Mm. And if if you're look if you if time flies on you, honestly it's cuz you're having fun. You're got you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. The the quickest moment the quickest years of my life is what when the time period when I was raising kids, even though it's hard, right? But I was raising kids, having the time of my life. I was the f- heaviest because <laughs> I was eating, yeah, drinking, focused on other raising kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I look back now. I was like, "Whoa, that's all a blur now." Straight up dad bod. Straight up dad bod, man. Straight up <laughs> from well, the dictionary. Well, you look damn sexy now, man. Damn sexy. I'm working on. I'm working on shedding the dad bod. For it, for it to be a grand, well, not not in any rush, but you know, hey, I'm going to be bod. moving into granddad bod. Dad, <laughs> granddad, granddad bod granddad is a new thing. It dude. is a new thing, yeah. man. It is. 40s yeah. and new 20. Oh, oh hey. Granddad God. is the new dad. Yeah. Bod. You, you guys are fucking depressing. <laughs> must, I'm just going to keep drinking bogus. <laughs> and guess what? You're the closest to that than, Hell than yes. anybody, what? Than anybody Hell, here. To what? To granddad status. Oh. Excuse me? Oh. Do, do, do we know something that I don't know? No, no. I'm just saying as far as, you know, Man, your ru- kids are the don't oldest. Don't rush the process. <laughs> don't rush the process, brother. I'm, I'm still processing so much shit. No. Don't, you, still, don't. you still look 35 to me, bro. I, I yeah. appreciate it, man. You yeah. know, I told you he was a good liar. When, when, I told you he was a good liar. Yeah, when you don't have your white beard. Mm. Yeah. It's not white, right? man. 
No, it's not. Well, now that you no, color it, it's it, not. It, but. No, no, color it. <laughs> Leo's got a definite. He's, right? he's, it's, it's, it's coming in. It's coming in all yeah. down here. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. The bottom part. I, I'm I embracing think, it. Can I can I hire you as a Santa Claus for Christmas? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> put put the person. <laughs> Put the presents out. Dang. You know, you know what's the best part yeah. of his comment? Yeah. It's, all, it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the funniest part of it. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's good. Hey, you can pay I me. Look, I live 35. He wants to hire you for Santa. For Santa Claus. <laughs> How did that happen? Seriously. <laughs> hey, body-wise, he's closer to it. He looks just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll just charge you a bottle of something on your counter here. Oh, that's it. See, I knew he was eyeballing that pappy, a, man. He's bottle. eyeballing the pappy. There's a bottle of pappy after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. So, dude, interesting what you do. Because yeah. I'm, you know, like I said, I don't want people flying through the windows here any moment. Um, there's probably some crazy data points that you uh, see and manage right. that you have to make this, you know, help people make decisions on. Right. Um, what's that like to. So. I, I, I'm in technology mm-hmm. and I deal with data points as well, right. but my data points are, you know, logistical for this, that, and the other, or, right. or for comms or whatever, but it all has to do with, you know, just general commerce kind of stuff. Right. Right. Um, a little public safety, a little bit of military, but for the most part that you deal with high value data points. Right. And what is that like? Um, cause you know, you know, people who are in public safety, um, or served in the military, like you guys have, um, you, the, the types of data points that you guys deal with on a daily basis, a lot of times are life and death. What is it like for you? Because you have kind of like an omnipotent view of those things taking place. Right. So an individual like officer, an individual operator, his optics or, you know, it's a smaller bubble. Right. You have the aggregate of like, you know, I mean, do you mind sharing? What is that like, you know, in terms of you got into data, big data, let's call it tactical decision-making based on big data. Correct me if I'm wrong, right. the way I'm paraphrasing. No, you're good. And at the end of the day, you guys talk about emotion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're dealing about human beings right. and the preservation of said human beings and life style right Right. what is that like to be a part of that high level decision making process that affects an operator's boots on the ground it's very interesting yeah yeah yeah. no 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 it it's very interesting um you've really got to um have a different perspective on things um you can't you can't come in to execute a program um, with blinders on. You've really got to be able to open the blinders up um, and understand from ver- various different elements versus one or two or three specific elements, right? It's, it's difficult to say, but when it comes to command and control and tactical situation decision-making, mm-hmm. um, you've just got to be able to Understand it from not only the operator's view, but also from the command and the, mm-hmm. the command view. There's a balancing act that takes place there, right? Right, and that that is a very hard 
back That's hard, man. to balance. Yeah, I, I, I'm listening to you and, and I'm <clears throat> seeing the gears turning your, your mind and brain and, and you trying to quantify or, you know, verbalize what you're trying to say. Right. And it's hard because you're right. He's kind of stuck in the middle as a, you know, person, as a developer, engineer, yep. meeting the needs of the program and of, you know, the, 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 the superiors, mm-hmm. but at the same time, trying to please and protect those on the ground. Right. And it's a big job. It's a balancing act. And it, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a special person. Let me just say that to be able to deal with that. Right. Because not anybody can deal with those emotions. Right. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. It is. This is going to be a really crude analogy, but I read a statistic somewhere that air traffic controllers have a really, really high uh, attrition Mm -hmm. and like like mental health because their decision-making is relative to the interests of the airlines and the protection of said passengers. Right. And sometimes they aren't on the same page. Yeah. And you got to make decisions and it's it can be devastating. Yep. Right? Yep. Cuz I mean, let's face it, um programs are great, but they're still coded by people. Right. Uh so they're just as fallible. Um, well, not just as fallible, but they're fallible like we are. And the best laid intentions can sometimes still lead to tragedy. Right. Um, that, and that's and that the human uh, aspect of that big factor is the pilots and their experience, cockiness or professionalism. Well, sometimes they're just flat out directed that this is what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, sometimes they're like negative. Mm. We're doing this because right. they're arrogant, cocky, and you know, well, dude, how's I mean, that different than an operator? And well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. that. Oh, to, I'm, sorry. I'm just I'm saying. Shut up now. I'm sympath. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to back up your point. <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> I'm trying to back up to your point. Hey, my wife and I have watched many episodes of Air Disasters. <laughs> Why the hell would you watch that? Dude, it wasn't me. It was her, but she kind of got me on it. And we watched, we've watched dozens serious? and dozens and dozens of episodes of Air Disasters. Dude, that's like. It's a little morbid. And, a little? And we're, and we're still willing to fly. <laughs> we're still willing so, to fly so that's morbid and masochistic yeah right. but but we know but we know where to sit what to look for right. oh no shit dude you well, know really you know can you pass us those notes yeah do you know what by like like specific aircraft to, to increase your survivability no dude dc9 where dc9 where that's another podcast bro. Oh, shit. that's another well podcast. no it's not because we're about to get on some planes right now so i need to know yeah. Th- th- yeah. this this is uh tim tim's uh, cast so we're going to continue with tim tim's getting yeah. on a plane yeah i'm getting on a plane literally so Next don't week. save me save our guest <laughs> no but in, in all seriousness you know, since you were so rudely interrupted by Leo. Yeah, my bad. Um, actually, I think I interrupted him with the air traffic controller, but never mind. <laughs> it's easier to blame you. Uh, that's just, you know, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot where, you, you know, you got to say what you don't want to say. But that's got to make you feel, I mean, at least for me, from the outside, just makes you feel, I, I would feel that what you do is so important. It is so important because it's it's like... Pieces on a chessboard, yeah, kind of thing, right? Yep. And in the game of life, right, right, and every 
Man, that's a heavy pour, Leo. I appreciate that. Dude. Well, every, every uh, Mike's been shorting you. That's why you keep running out. Oh, okay. Well, because I'm trying to pace it because it's a hot. It, it's, it's got a lot of juice on it, it man. It does, but he's home. I thought we were going to okay. do some uh, little bit of pappy after this. Oh, I am. Yeah. I will. I'm ready. <laughs> that's why I only yeah. poured this much. Trust me, dude. You ain't got to twist arms. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> actually, you already know me enough to know that's going <laughs> to I already know you. Um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's a powerful thing it to, to be responsible. You know, hey, like, you know. Like Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. truth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is and truth. I, I feel bad, right? Like I feel the thing about me being able to go into command and control systems is I, as an operator, understanding the system, working with the system, even in wartime operations, right, at IEF, OEF um, environments, um, I'm sorry, bro. OEF. Uh, OEF is uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. Okay. And IEF is. I can't. Remember. That's okay. I, I was only asking because I don't know. Yeah. So that was so. So OEF is Operation Enduring Freedom. Um, we were there, um, and it was. It wasn't frustrating, but it was. It was a little. Well, okay. So let me back that up. It was frustrating. Um, to be able to see where there were friendlies, um, non-friendlies, uh, foreign traffic, and be able to understand from a strategic level how to um, create a tactical decision based off of that, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't a limitation of the operator. It was a limitation of the system. Yeah. Right. That that's and, intru- yeah, okay. And so so my frustration and curiosity um was stemmed from those perspectives where I was able to say I don't want this to happen to the next operator. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to provide and develop a system where it's intuitive enough, where they can make um, more probable uh, estimations on tactical decision making uh-huh. versus kind of just guessing in the air, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, and, and and I realize that that's probably a little bit on the uh, the technology advancements at that right. time, right? But if there is if there is advancements in technology that I could apply that help saves lives in tactical decision making, I want to be able to do that. Dude, quantum chips and neural networks. <laughs> I'm serious. Because you're going to reduce your time to calculation beca- for two, twofold. One, because of the chip, right? Right. In a quantum state, on in a binary system, right? Mm-hmm. And then secondarily... Because your processing power goes exponential because you're using algorithms that can far out process any room full of human beings. Right. When technology gets to that point, then you can just blast it with data points to continuously improve that algorithm. Right. To uh, affect the operator's circumstance. Yeah. So it's funny how it's not funny because I know him. (laughs) <laughs> but he immediately, his brain is just on overdrive 
trying this to. This is a fucking amazing you're conversation. Talking, right? You're talking about Mike. Mike, yes. Yeah. It's a fucking as far amazing as, conversation. As dude. far as, uh, yeah, look how intrigued it is. He, it is for him. Oh, this that, is like this is a candy store. <laughs> yeah. He's Absolutely. looking. At, so he's fun. looking yeah. at the yeah. whole, you know, science and engineering behind it, which is awesome, right? Fantastic. That's his, that's how it works, and the different the difference between him and I is I'm looking at the human side of it. Mm. I'm looking at how invested you are in this job that you do, right? Mm. And how much it means to you to do the yeah. best job that you can do, so that you try to please everybody and save lives. Right, right, and that that Damn, that's stems. solid, brother. No, seriously, salute. No, no, no. I'm yeah, just yeah. no. I'm serious. And I'm not bullshitting I you. That's that, solid. I think that hmm. stems from my my upbringing. Absolutely, right. Absolutely, I think that Absolutely. stems from my upbringing, where I'm. Hell yeah. I'm able to um, not just look at it from one perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that my dad taught me that, where I'm able to um, look at things from different perspectives. Not everybody. Not everybody is well off as everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Some, some people may be able to pay with money or some pe- people may be able to pay with a broke down well, boat that mm-hmm. we, we actually like to want to have. Right. Yeah, have right. it. Right. You see value in it. Right. And, and so that's, that's the thing that we need to understand as a, um, as a humanity is not everything is considered to be one way. There hmm. are very different ways to see the value in something. Yeah, value is not necessarily not measured. Yeah, it's not measured by by money, by monetary, right? Correct. Quantity. Or, or even ideology. Or, right. or one, ideology. One ideology. Yeah. Value no. is in the eye of the beholder and what you can do with what's in front of you, right? Right. There's, you know, there's value in everything that doesn't necessarily have a dollar amount to it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a great, that's a great point that you make because, you know, like you're saying, you know, looking at things in different ways and trying to solve problems. And I, I can only imagine you having memories of seeing your dad, you know, like you said earlier, uh, you know, at the table, drawing sketches, figure, trying to figure out darn it, how am I going to figure this out and solve mm-hmm. this problem for these people? Yeah. Because it's it's a stumper, but I'm going to get through it. And then, boom, finding a solution or coming to an agreement with a customer, yeah. right? That, okay, this is this is how you can pay me. This is how we can yeah. settle things, right? Yeah. Right? Just make it right. Making it right. Yeah. Finding a solution that pleases everybody. Right. Or both parties or the invested parties. Exactly. So I want to play devil's advocate here. <clears throat> Um, you're a smart guy and I don't mean that facetiously. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You're a smart guy. I don't mean that. It's just like, oh, okay. Hi IQ or, or whatever like that. Um, although I think th- those are obviously relevant. Thank you. I why not? That. Why not take that aptitude? Just go to Google, go to Tesla, go to all these other places that you could get fat paychecks and, and, do whatever you want. I mean, obviously, bro, you're you're doing just fine. We're we're sitting here waiting for you to open the pappy bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not, for so our you, listeners, hey, don't get don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. So that give we're me sitting the single. <laughs> so give stop the talking signal. then. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a fair question. No, you have an aptitude that has high marketability, has high um, uh, ROI. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm not saying that that's not in your future, obviously, then maybe that is a part of your plan and down the road. You don't need to tell you, answer the question because today is what matters. Why do you choose to invest it in the way you're investing it in? And I'm sure you're highly paid for what you do, but it seems to me that you do it for more than just the money. Yeah. So, um, so yes, there was a point, maybe three to seven years ago, where I was in it just for the money. Mm. Um, there was a point in my career where mental mental health was a, a big factor on things. For you, for me. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, And, and um, I believe that mental health, mental health is something that is real. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I believe that um, it should be taken under consideration when you even look at a paycheck. Like I get it, right? You want to make two, three, $400,000 $400,000 a month or a, a year. A month. Right. A month. Would be, a month would be <laughs> yeah, good we too. do. <laughs> but a month would be good. Yeah, a month um, is good. But, but even, yeah, even uh, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a a year, um, you just want to be able to, I don't know. It, it's just at the end of the day, like you said, yes. It's not a, it's not an end sum. Like as long as the dollar is bigger than the number that you wanted, then that is then you've reached the finish line. It doesn't it doesn't work that way, because I I told as I said a long time ago, the emotion, it throws it's like a wedgie. It gives right. you a wedgie because right. if you don't feed it, it'll ruin all of it. Because we're you know we're we have like a duality. Right. We have the intellectual. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. If I'm going to put, if I'm going to invest an hour of my time, I want maximum ROI from my time. Absolutely. But there's another variable in the equation. It's like I put an hour of my time in. Leo's going to fucking love that. I'm going to say this shit too. <laughs> put an hour of my time. I get an, I get a, you know, we measure success of that hour in our society by the currency that is returned, right? But it's not only that. I mean, we also measure it by the, sense of accomplishment, the sense of right. Uh, purpose right. that we get out of that investment of our time, right? 100%. So let's say the dollar amount is less, and and I think we'll all agree, and I can't believe I'm fucking going to say this on the air, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more that you get out of feeling like what you did for that hour had purpose oh, and absolutely. served other mm-hmm. people and Absolutely. benefited other people mm-hmm. than the dollars that you pulled off of it. Absolutely. It's just, this is a fucking fact. If, yeah. am, if I may jump in, uh, I appreciate, yeah, yes, pers- you may. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Tim that you sharing, you know, what you went through a few years ago and you made some decisions based on mental health. Um, you know, similarly, I, I retired recently um, from my 21 years of, uh, of uh, law enforcement um, for congratulations, many brother. Re- thank you for uh, for me for many reasons. One of them being my physical health and mental health, mm. right? Oh okay. yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I wasn't getting rich off of my profession, but I but I was doing well, mm-hmm. well enough, 
and I it just came to a to a point where I was like, you know what? My health, physical, mental, along with a whole bunch of other things, is what is what mattered the most. Right. And I ended up calling it quits a little bit sooner than I had anticipated and planned, but it felt right. And I went with the feeling rather than the dollar figures. No, I appreciate that because in the end, your physical and mental health is worth more than the dollar figures that you are going to be able to have uh, within the amount of years that you have. Right. Correct. So it's, it's, it's all about time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you justify monetary value on time mm-hmm. versus health and wealth on time, to me, I think you need to relook your perspective on what life really is, right? Yeah. Because, because you can make a crap ton of money. Yeah. But you can be not healthy, not like not mentally there. Yeah. Freaking miserable. Right. So I actually, I actually did that and that, that had a factor in it. I actually counted on the back end, you know, okay, if I do this now or if I do this in two, three years, how many years, you know, am I, am I going to have a quality retirement a quality life on the back end mm-hmm. and you know health wise mm-hmm. and i did those calculations and i was like well why am i going to wait another two three years i might as well do it now right it, because i want to at least put have that experience of quality life on the back end and you know if i live a little more than great you know exactly then that's fine then i accomplish my goal do you right. think we're getting better at that now do you think people are starting to pay attention to that more, or do you think people were doing that all, doing that all along, where they did that kind of, I want to be, I want to be, I want to, I want to be healthy, I want to f- physically feel good, and I want to mentally feel good, and I'm going to look at, let's fat, let, the fact of the matter is most Americans, right, number one thing you you spend your time on Monday through Friday, if not Saturday and Sunday, is work, right, you know, it creates the lifestyle, right, for you and, and you and yours. Right. Do you think people today are now starting to reevaluate that? Because mental health is is a common conversation now. Right. I would say more than, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Right. Before. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up and like people go to a psychologist or, or a, psych, a psychiatrist and you're like, yeah. oh, shit, they're broken. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just suck, saying that. Suck that, it up. Yeah. Just like yeah. suck it up. Stop yeah. crying. Yeah. Um, and today. It's not like that. No. So allow me to jump in, Tim, real quick before I forget, because I tend to forget. Um, I I think it depends on your audience, on the community you're speaking to. Uh, I think from about late 30s on up to our age, 50s and up, uh, yes, they think about it. Uh, From about mid-30s down, they're so caught up in living in the moment. I I agree with that. Right? They're living in the moment. Absolutely. It's all about today. Right. You know, yep. it's it's about YOLO, right? Right. You only live once, yeah. and 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 that perspective. Yeah. So so, uh, you know, it's your audience. Secondly, it's the audience of uh, veterans, 
public service, you know, firefighters, police officers, and then that includes the medical field. Because luckily, there is the stigma is is, is slow. It's there, but it's slowly fading away as far as uh, getting mental health, mental health and making mental health services available to those uh, professions because it used to be frowned upon, right? It was the stigma of like, oh, you need to go see a shrink or whatever. But yeah. it's slowly changing. You're, you're talking about law, law enforcement, law enforcement, military, military, military yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. So it also depends on your audience because if you're, if you're, you know, if we're discussing those people, um, then uh, or those professions, then no, they're more aware, they're more apt to do it now. Mm, um, right. Other professions, I don't know. You know, they're more like they hold it in. You know, they're afraid to let people know that they're having to go see somebody or they don't want to see somebody because, you know, they're afraid that they're going to get criticized. Right. What think you, Tim? Right. No, no, I, 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 I definitely agree. I think it's just because of the, the environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. We are communicating more. We are in touch more. Um, and it's just a reality of where we are in our environment mm-hmm. that creates that mental health. To me, mental health is wealth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, well and, said. And, and realistically, I am a huge advocate of mental health. Yeah. Very huge advocate of mental health. You know, I can tell in your tone and uh, when you say that, that uh, there are a myriad of reasons why you understand why that's important. And uh, I appreciate you talking about that because I think that in particular, how social media has, I think, you know, you, you, you do this uh, high level data aggregation for your operators, boots on the ground and stuff. And you think about all the data points that are being pushed by social media and the impact that has on mental health, right? It, it kind of, it, it has a huge impact on it, right? Yes, sir. So I think that um, it is a challenge that we all need to address. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear that somebody who's, who's dealing with something like as important as what Tim does um, is considering that um, and has like a... Um, kind of an innate uh, feeling for how important it is right. uh, to consider as a variable in, in, in what you're going to do. Right. Um, you know, I, it makes me think, Leo's like, can you fucking stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a question for you, Tim. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So, you know, you come from a small town. You grew up in this awesome environment of uh, what, what I think it's awesome. Maybe most people won't. Where you're, you know, uh, living in in a place where it's by a lake, it's, you know, your neighbors are far off, but it's a tight knit community. This great, you know, dad as 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 you know as a role model. And were you doing anything else during that time? Were you involved in any other organizations or anything like that during that time? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really heavily involved in Boy Scouts. Okay. And I, I know that, that tracks. Yeah. And that I, tracks. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Lives out in the <laughs> no, country that, in the that, wilderness. That, <laughs> no. Why am I surprised? No, no. I, I mean I mean it tracks like 
the journey he's shared with us thus far. Uh, yeah, right, absolutely. Right. Yes. Right. right. And, and, and I know that Boy Scouts have been getting a lot of bad clout hmm. uh, within the last couple of months, couple of years. Oh, I get you. I get you. Okay. But um, uh, to be frank, I'm an Eagle Scout. Hmm. Nice. Congratulations. A, that is the top 3% of all Boy Scouts that have joined. Yeah. Only 3% make it that far. 3%. Yeah. No, yeah. that's wow. That's yeah. that's to be that's honorable, brother. Right. Congratulations to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is perseverance. It is grit. It is the epitome of cast cast grit life. Mm-hmm. When it comes to being able to um, persevere in the advancement of uh, an individual with a character. Correct. Mm. Um, and, and we're talking about like things that are just not um, far off. Right. We're talking about things that, that like basic camping skills, how to read a map, mm-hmm. um, how to fish, mm-hmm. what, what plants that are edible. Like, why, why is that important? I think that um, these are things that are important because it comes to the fundamentals of how we live. Mm-hmm. Character, right? right? Fundamentals of character. Right. Well, like I'll take it we, a step further. Fundamentals of survival. Correct. Without technology. Correct. We, we cannot live off of top ramen and franken beans for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, being able to survive on the food that nature provides us. Mm-hmm. There you go. Is, is, is key. Yep. Right. Being able to understand what nature provides us, mm-hmm. um, and which is good and which is not, mm-hmm. um, is also key. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to uh, attain Eagle Scout has not only provided me with that guidance, but it has also provided me with a sense of accomplishment. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's saying a lot considering <laughs> what you've done already in the Navy and then what you're doing now. Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't mean that facetiously. I mean that that I, 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 I'm feeling the vibe right. that you hold that in the highest regard relative to the others as well. It does. It does. Because, because, and I didn't know this, that the Department of Defense actually holds that in high regard as well. It does. Yep. DOD holds Eagle Scout in really high regard. I yes, pre- sir. Yeah, I'm aware, I, I'm aware I, of that. I, I get it. I'm so, it, so if you are a Eagle Scout, you automatically advance to the next level mm-hmm. in terms of uh, E1 to E2. Yep. It makes sense because, I mean, I, obviously I have no idea what that means in terms of the work and the effort and the sacrifice that it took to accomplish that. But right. I think that they do. And that's yeah. why they do that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So, so it, it is a... It, it is a sense of accomplishment, and to be frank, um, 
it was a long, hard journey to get to that point. Um, it is not. How, how many years did it take? 16 years. It took you 16 years of your life to get to Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. So let me. Let Holy me, shit. So let me backtrack that. Um, at what age did you attain Eagle Scout? I attained Eagle Scout in. 1997 so a year so you were a junior i was a junior in 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 high high school school. okay so he's a junior in high school how the hell did you know he was a junior in high school because he said he graduated in 98 i listen to our guests i listen to what they have you have headphones (laughs) (laughs) so you were a junior in high school probably 16 17 right Mm -hmm. okay um so i'm gonna backtrack this He's saying 16 years because he started Boy Scouts. The journey started when he was a little boy. Cub Scout. Yeah, when he was a Cub Scout. Mm-hmm. That's the journey that, that it takes, right? You could, if you stay with it, if you stay with it. And I, you can fill in the blanks along the way. Uh, at what point did you know you wanted to go all, all the way to Eagle Scout? But re- real quick, I sense a lot of confidence. It gave you a lot of confidence. I can sense it in you. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with being able to accomplish all those tasks that are required of you to become Eagle Scout at such a young age. You're not even a legal man yet, and you're acquiring survival skills. Mm. Right. Yeah. So in that time, I was able to have a set of 10 essential uh, pieces of equipment Mm -hmm. um, and live out on my own Mm -hmm. for at least uh, one to two days. Mm. Um, You didn't have bookers when you were out there, right? I did not. (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a good thing. (laughs) I've started to feel guilty. (laughs) No, I, uh, I... It's good stuff though, right? Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's really it's just it just it creeps up on you really really bad fast it, it creeps on you really really, really fast. fast um but being able to attain eagle scout being able to read a map being able to understand survival skills being able to um look in an environment and understand what is good to eat and what is not good to eat yeah may not um, resonate with the environment that you're in now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, when it comes to survival skills mm-hmm. this is the environment you need to be in yeah absolutely um, and and I one thousand percent appreciate the skills that I have learned within Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. um, within being able to attain uh, the Eagle Scout rank. Mm-hmm. Um, a- as part of that, um, as part of that resume, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like no, I, I can get put it. that on my resume as you're proud of it when you do, right? Oh, and it's 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 not. It's not a proud as in like uh You're not bragging. 
No. No, no. Right. You're not bragging. You're it's a it's a no, an accomplishment yeah. Yeah. that you're you you're just so proud of. No, I think right. he's honoring it. Yeah, he's honoring right. it. Yeah. In more of a hum, humble perspective. Oh yeah. No, because it's not about you. It's about right. what they did for you. Right. Yeah. Like if my if if me and my wife needed to be going out in the wilderness mm-hmm. and needed to understand how to uh get bearings on a map. Yep. On a legitimate map? Yeah, like a real map, not just... Like a real map. Not Google Maps. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Wait a minute, I don't understand. What's not... A a topographical map? Like a real paper map? a real map. (laughs) With a compass? Y'all talking about a Thomas guy? (laughs) Beyond Thomas guy. (laughs) Beyond Thomas guy. (laughs) No ways. No Google Maps. No Google Maps. No Apple Maps. No no, no (laughs) geofencing? Um, I, I think that we like people would appreciate that. Oh, dude. Um, so we've, uh, we've joked around in the past in past. We never podcasts. joke around. Oh yeah. We never joke around. We never joke around. Oh, we've joked around about, uh, and there's a conspiracy about the, you know, the great reset and you know, right. Right. You've heard it. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the, f- yes, what the hell is the great reset? The, there's a conspiracy <laughs> about, you know, the world's going to have a reset where technology is going to be killed and everything's going to go back to primal survival mode. And you're where the hell have are you learn. getting this data from? <laughs> what do you, you don't you, remember because you, you don't you, listen are to you know, the guess. dark web and shit. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but um, if there was ever a, a um, what do they call the sun blast, a sunburst or something like that where it kills all technology, right? You have to revert to primal survival skills yeah. did, okay. you see how, did you see how his girl just jumped in and brought him water dude that's solid that is solid that is solid yeah, that is super solid i like that. <laughs> shout out to raquel yeah shout the out wife. to raquel Raquel, the wife the wifey in the house the wifey in the house yeah I'm sure i'm sober <laughs> for tomorrow's meeting yeah uh, uh, tim it's too late it's too late <laughs> no it's not but um anyways um so i i I Tim, I completely am feeling you as far as we we as humans to have those skills and be really familiar and comfortable with them. Yep. How I mean, I would feel super confident. I'm halfway there. I'm about half to three quarters. Yeah. Uh, as far as survival skills go, it, is that like a sixty nine point seven? It's about a sixty nine point <laughs> seven to a sixty nine point nine, somewhere around there. Okay. And then on top of that, on top of that. We've also talked about, you know, having the uh, firepower. <laughs> the, the, the what? The firepower. What the, firepower? You know, the guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guns and ammo. I got plenty of that. To, Maybe I had too much bookers. Okay. <laughs> to, do, to, to be able to do the hunting and to be able to do the protecting from the hunters and all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, I, mean, you know, I thought we were just protecting our property. <laughs> I thought that was the point of the gowns and well, ammo. Well, you also have to hunt, right? You know, you gotta uh, hunt. Too. Yeah, you gotta hunt too. So, anyways, yeah. I, you know, I'm going off on a little tangent. And, yeah, you, you really know, are. And and, <laughs> and 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 bringing some and bringing some humor into the whole thing. But but, you know, getting back to you, what you were saying, 100. percent I I feel you. It it is nice to know. It is nice to feel. I'm sure that you have skills that you can always fall back on if the world goes to shit. Yes, sir. It's just survival skills. It's not, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to brag on, I can read a map or I can navigate on a compass. It's just, it's just being able to understand those skills Mm -hmm. 
in the event mm-hmm. that something mm-hmm. happens. I'm not trying to predict that something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really general good knowledge. It's just solid it, knowledge it to is. be able to understand. Mike, I think he's given us pearls. <laughs> he is because I think I'm hearing another important um, benefit of this process. <clears throat> I, I, I hear you on the fact that, yeah, it's good if the shit hits the fan, it's the zombie apocalypse and you're going to, you know, figure out which berries you can eat that aren't going to poison you and die. Right. I, I, I get that. And and I'm not trying, I said it in a very weird tone, like it, it isn't relevant. I think it is. But I think that it's the, you know, everything that we have, our character is derivative of all of the habits that we execute on a, on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah back to the point that I made, you know, with the accomplishments that you've had and the uh, role model that you had, you're still sitting here talking about, you know, twigs, berries, and, and, and bears <laughs> that you learned <laughs> on your 16 year journey to be an Eagle Scout. Yeah. And, right. and at, you're sitting here, you know, in your forties and you're still like reminiscing about how amazing that was and how much right. you attribute who you are right. to that experience. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, uh, everything goes back to a movie. Because because <laughs> it has had a, a significant effect exactly. or like, impact on so my life. Mr. Miyagi, mm-hmm. when Daniel needed to learn mm-hmm. how he was going to fight. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi didn't mm-hmm. put him in the ring. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi had him right. basically refinish some vintage cars and refinish a vintage mm-hmm. backyard because it was the process of doing a valuable work uh-huh. that That's created right. the muscle memory, the neural networks, That's right. and the fundamentals that you learn from mm. Boy Scouts Right, mm, fundamentals that, I like that gave you. Well, that was his word, not mine. Okay, um, <laughs> they gave you that character right. that isn't only applicable as a child in the Boy Scouts, but is also applicable to the massive massive amount of data points that come from the optics. Correct. That operators pr- provide and that HQ provides to make balanced decisions about what is in the best interest of our country. And that whole process is, it's powerful, you know? And it all starts with, should I eat this berry or am I going to die from this berry? You know? exactly it. I think think that, uh, you know, I'm going to drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to drop the mic because he just got a uh, dram of poppy. Not not only because my name is Mike. No, we're we're gonna we're gonna start to wrap this up and and start. Dude, uh, you're always such a fucking bug scout. And and, and uh, talk about this great. We can, we can still go on. Uh, yeah, talk about this great well, pappy. After hours. Uh, talk talk about this great pappy that we're drinking, and you were so gracious to um to provide. But um, I really appreciate your you sharing your um uh, your life experiences, your life journey, and the cast grit life ways that not only you you know you have uh lived yourself but that you're that that you learned from your father Hmm. and and the the great role model that he was for you and and the stories you shared about him 
I, I really, really appreciate that, man. That was awesome. And, and I would really appreciate, you know, along the lines of what Leo said, that you also consider making sure Raquel doesn't get pissed at me that I got you drunk <laughs> on Booker's. <laughs> well, that's to be determined. She's okay. So, She's so I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate y'all um, having me on this podcast. No, the, the honor is ours, brother. Um, I, I really think that getting perspective um, from the, the common Joe... I'm going to say this, Joe Schmo. Um, You're a person, brother. Is is very good and very valuable mm-hmm. when it comes to understanding how life really is. Yes. Um, the grit, the perseverance, the tenacity that the common Joe has. And I'm a Joe Josephine. Whatever. Um, has um, is is undeniable um, and I think that it is something that is remarkable enough to understand um, and 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 really understand mm-hmm. uh, from a human perspective from a human mm. perspective and and yeah. it's not to be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes even when we're at our weakest point, right, in our lives, we dig deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. When we look like we're weak, mm-hmm. we find that moment and we dig deep and we climb out of whatever hole we're in. Oh, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, you, you ask it like, I mean, we've said this before in our other cast. You ask any CEO what's the most valuable asset they have. And, and the, the, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is their personnel. That's the most valuable. Mm. This country, <clears throat> the world, its value is based on human beings. And I think what we're talking about here is that every individual human being is fundamental to the value of of our planet right correct so on point when we are here talking with quote-unquote a regular joe bullshit um we're talking about a fundamental variable in the equation that makes humanity on this planet uh prosperous and we thank you brother for participating and sharing some stories and letting us know a little other piece of the of that equation yeah I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we look forward for uh, to having I'm, you I'm back. I'm going to drop the mic now. Yes, you are. <laughs> and we look forward to having you back and sharing some more stories because I know you have more stories. Oh, I have a lot. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. And more Pappy. And more Pappy. Ooh. So it, it's a teaser all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, Leo, put your clothes back on. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, thank you all listeners. Uh, until next time. Salud. Salud.